Welcome to the True Face Podcast, where we discuss principles that help us live beyond the mask. My name's Robbie Angle, and I'll be your guide as we learn how to increase trust and experience grace in our relationships with God, ourselves, and others. Let's jump in to this week's conversation. I cannot wait for this podcast. This is actually going to be a two-parter, part one and part two, because we're going after kind of a new style. We have two friends of mine who are kind of besties. These guys have been doing life together for a while. Uh, They are best friends. It is Richie McKay and Scott Ray uh, from Lynchburg, Virginia, and they are going to be doing this podcast together. And so there's going to be three of us on this podcast and the next podcast. This podcast is going to be Richie. Next one's going to be focused on a story from Ray's life. I couldn't be more excited. I want to introduce these guys. Welcome to the True Face Podcast, Richie and Scott. So I'm going to introduce you guys a little bit. Richie has been a friend of mine uh, for a couple years now. We did life together in a group led by Bill Thrall. Uh, Richie is also the head coach of Liberty University basketball flames and he has been killing it uh two time the past two years they got to the ncaa tournament that's probably a little too soon to talk about this year's uh tournament that you didn't get to play in but last year you were the uh coach Phelan award winner which is pretty much the ncaa coach of the year um and scott uh we will introduce you a little bit next time but scott scott's a fascinating one as he's become a friend just in the past probably eight, nine months. He was the director of convocation at Liberty for probably five years. He's been in prison for a few years and he's had success in the business world. So ministry, prison, business world, this guy's doing it, man, all over the place. Uh, how would you guys, you know what? I'm going to pause. I'm going to let you guys introduce each other. Scott, I'm, I'm going to let you introduce Richie and Richie, you introduce Scott. Y'all take a stab at this. Yeah, Robbie, let me go first. First of all, seamless transition there from Liberty Convocation to prison. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I killed it. I thought I killed it. Like that, there probably needed to be a, um, then he was, but uh, Ray Ray, you can unpack that later. Uh, Listen, uh, Scott Ray is one of the finest individuals I've ever met in my life, and God put him in my path for a specific reason. Uh, when I was at Liberty the first time, I think it was, oh, 2000, what? Seven, seven, eight. Seven and eight. Uh, I, after convocation, which I had been to numerous times, and I noticed Ray Ray was always running around and putting out fires and really just serving in an elite capacity. And uh, finally, I stopped him after one convo and said, hey, man, I'd love to talk to you. And Robbie, from there, we we connected. Like, this is a dude that uh, I've been able to trust with my life. Uh, he he peeled back the veil, if you will, let me into his world. And uh, I actually, I think it was a year later, I hired his wife to be our administrative assistant. And she's been at Liberty in the men's basketball office ever since. And uh, <clears throat> so she gets the credit for uh, shepherding two old dudes and keeping their schedules together and really uh, impacting uh, their lives or their sphere of influence on a daily basis. Yeah. Same story, just a little bit different. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> just a little bit different. So Richie comes, Richie comes here and uh, I think the first season was 2007, 2008. And so he arrives on the scene and, you know, he was always attending convocation and we would see each other. And, and uh, one day after convocation, uh, he walks up to me and he puts it one way, but this is basically how he says it to me. He's like, dude, what's your deal? (laughs) And I'm like, what do you mean? What's my deal? And he went on to say, you know, how he observed me walking around and, you know, putting out fires. And it just seemed like I had, a, you know, a look of, I don't know, joy or whatever, or just the real deal or something on my face. And I was just, I just basically broke it down to him of where I had been in my life before I had ever come to Liberty University. And from that day forth, you know, Richie, we, uh, he kind of took me in. Mm. He had no idea. He had no idea he was taking me in, but you know, you're dealing with a guy that had layers and layers of hidden shame mm. of, uh, things that had transpired earlier in my life before I'd ever come to Liberty university. And little did we know that those things would come out, that he would be a, a vital, a pivotal point, just a vital point of helping me to truly heal from all of that hidden shame that I was actually hiding from him that day that I first met him. Wow. Yeah, y'all y'all introduced each other a little bit better than I did, but I tried. <laughs> um before shifting, I I I've, personally I've got to ask out of selfishness, Richie. I'm jonesing for some sports talk uh in, in life right now. And you brought the flames to the NCAA tournament for the second year in the row, the the second year in the history of of the college after winning the division and then this entire March Madness was canceled. It, get me behind the scenes on what that's like for you as a friend and also as a head coach. Yeah, Robbie, uh, it's a fair question. Uh, although it's only a month or so ago, it seems like it, it was a year ago. Hmm. We won the conference championship, uh, the Atlantic Sun Conference Championship, or better known as the A-Sun, on March the 8th. And we were cutting down nets after a a raucous, I don't know, there's, there's a packed to capacity mind center crowd. Um, it was great. Over Phenomenal. 7, and, it, you know, a national ESPN game, and uh, we played a really tough opponent uh, uh, for the second season in a row, and we were able to uh, be, be victorious. And the credit goes to a, a group of fabulous young men that we get a chance to, to lead and coach and a, a hardworking group of assistants and support staff. So, you know, because of the expectations we had on us all year long, we, we ended up winning 30 games and only losing four. And really, we built uh, an entire season up for what would be March Madness or what we had hoped would be March Madness. And you can even go back to the five years before we took the job at Liberty or when we took the job, that this was the crescendo, so to speak. We, we labored long and hard to get our program to this level. And Man, we won, a, we won a game in the NCAA tournament the previous season, so we were we were hoping for more. And uh, the 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 night, I think it was a Wednesday night, Rudy Gobert uh, tested positive to the coronavirus, and the NBA subsequently canceled their season. And we knew then that it could it could happen to us. And I mean, probably the there was new information every fifteen minutes. It was so such a fluid situation. Uh, finally, on Thursday night, the NCAA uh, canceled March Madness, and uh, we had to share it with our guys, and they handle it tremendously well, given all that they had put into it. Uh, but, you know, it really has, at this 
pandemic has done anything for a lot of us, it's been able to reshape our perspective and our priorities. And uh, obviously there's other people that are dealing with a lot worse than we had to deal with. Mm. Uh, but that being said, it, it was important to us because of our investment that, uh, that we made into it. And, uh, but looking back, we got to end the season on a, in a fabulous uh, conference championship game and be the A-Sun representatives. And that's, that's something that I think our guys will always remember. Yeah, definitely was not a bad season, despite the, uh, the, the annoying ending, at least for me, of not being able to watch it in the NCAA tournament. I, I got to watch you. Uh, I brought some of my boys uh, to watch you play Kennesaw. And I was, I don't think we've talked since then, but you're like the nicest. I've only known you as a friend, but then watching you, you were mean looking down there. Like I, y'all were dominating the whole game, and I don't know what that is, but you need to work on that face, Richie. It was just looking that's, mean. That's fair. That's my uh, competitive face. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the mean mug. The yeah. mean mug. <laughs> I saw the first time seeing it live in person. It was intimidating. Keep it real, man. Keep it real. All right, so let's transition. I want to jump in. Uh, I, I we haven't talked about what story you're going to share today, Richie, but. Um, I'm excited to hear it and process it a little bit with Scott uh, and you. So what do you want to share with us today? Yeah, Robbie, it's a, it's a tough question, honestly, to answer. I think God has taken me through, through so many chapters of my story. Um, and, and I think really when I remind myself that uh, I'm just a character in the story and not the author, my life seems to go a lot smoother. But uh, there was a season in my life, uh, you know, my dream job uh, was the University of New Mexico. Uh, it's where my dad played. Uh, I actually, when I was a young boy, I used to sleep with this photo album under my bed uh, because my dad uh, took himself from a very impoverished situation to uh, end up playing at the University of New Mexico for Bob King on a full basketball scholarship. And uh, my desire was just to be like him. You know, I grew up in a home that he wasn't, my mom and dad were divorced when I was young and uh, he was uh, not in the home, but uh, we stayed in touch and, uh, and I really wanted to be like him. He was a role model of mine. So uh, when finally that came to fruition and uh, I took the job in 2005 at UNM, uh, I, was, I was overjoyed uh, and it was a lifelong basketball goal and dream and, uh, and I was a believer. So. I knew that that opportunity came from, from, or God allowed that opportunity. Three years in, we went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, we, we beat uh, Utah in the Mountain West Conference Championship and lost to Villanova in the first round of the tournament. And uh, I just remember thinking, man, we finally got it to where we wanted. We were 26 and 7 that year at Danny Granger and a host of other players that were terrific that led us. And uh, in the following year, we, we had a decent season, but we only won 17 games. And my athletic director was retiring, and he said to me, you know, if, if I were you, I'd, I'd consider maybe taking another job. And I couldn't imagine having another job um, because that's where I wanted to coach. But, uh, Robbie, if you've never been there, it's a pressure cooker of a job. The people there are so passionate, which is a really good thing, uh, but they have incredibly high expectations. And uh, finally, I got to my fifth and final year, and about midway through the season, I think our record was ten and eight. Our athletic director and I met, and uh, he he said, barring lightning in a bottle, he uh, he thought there was going to be a change coming in leadership 
at UNM. And I stepped down probably two or three weeks later, finished out the season. And uh, uh, when I went home after the last game, uh, there was, there was, there was a, a void or an emptiness uh, that was real. And mm. listen, I, I gave you the, the short version, but along the way during this time, uh, typically men, when they, when they go through something that's really hard, uh, they, they either retaliate or they isolate. Mm. And, uh, and I tried to numb the pain with isolation. Uh, my fear of, uh, letting down my family or not upholding the McKay name was, it was coming to full fruition. Uh, the people didn't have very positive things to say about my coaching ability. And I mean, I was, I was on an Island. I was, I'd lost accountability. I was far from God. And, uh, and worst of all, my home suffered. I was not a great husband, not a great father. And, uh, and there was just a lack of attention to the people that I love the most. So, man, that was, that was really a catalyst for God saying, okay, I've had enough there. I'm going to take you from Albuquerque and move you to Lynchburg, Virginia. And I remember Dr. Jerry Falwell senior, uh, when he hired me, he said, what some people would fire you for, we would, we we're hiring. And what he meant was my public profession of faith and my intentionality of trying to be a Christian coach uh, not not just a coach and uh, man it, it really it really worked as a transformative process in my life to reshape my uh, my value system and boy when you turn the page that next chapter of my life was uh, was and although it was only for two brief years at Liberty it continued when I went to the University of Virginia uh, with Tony Bennett and uh, and I, I got a chance again to to experience transformation. Tell me what that transformation, uh, unpack that a little bit, the difference of, uh, I mean, you are in the deep end, it sounds like, of who you were, your shame. I mean, you mentioned letting up, not upholding the McKay name. I mean, that's a weighty uh, sense of failure that then shifted. Is that what you're talking about when you mean transformation? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I just think, you know, all of us, Robbie, and anyone that's been blessed by that, the truth-based ministry would know, you know, all of us have these holes, these wounds that uh, are, are, that we know are evident and real in our lives. And whether we choose a numbing agent or whether we just choose to cover them or hide them or not pay attention to them, uh, eventually you've got to deal with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my, running on the the performance treadmill uh, all my life in order to get approval from others or uh, affirmation from those that were important to me. Uh, it really, it was, it, it was just waiting to, to bleed. The wound was waiting to bleed the wounds, plural. And I, I think what having that huge sense of failure that you got fired uh, and then It'd be in your dream job where your dad played and you wanted to honor him uh, so vehemently that that pursuit of that. I, I just think it was, uh, okay, something's wrong and I've got to deal with it. And my wife, Julie, was great in the process. She loved me so incredibly unconditionally well. Um, but I also think God put men in my life to help me really understand what God's word said about me. 
And that started the transformative process that I alluded to. Just being able to trust other people with my life. Uh, and, and then, first of all, trusting God with my life and realizing that what his word said is really true. I just had the choice whether I was going to believe it or not. Gosh, then, and that is a, that, that's one of those things that's so easy to say. God's word truth, the choice to believe it, but you, it sounds like you spent years. I mean, that is sanctification maturity of like years and years of shifting from knowing about truth to experiencing it. And yeah. man, that, that lift, you, you mentioned the power of, Julie during that time and also guys in your life, because this isn't like a, Oh, I got it now. I'm good. My security identity's changed. It, it, I mean, this is like the journey of our maturity as men. And Scott was one of those guys who God brought alongside you during that process. Scott speaking to it. I mean, hearing this back from your friend that went through this, give us snapshots of what you saw as you've been journeying with them in this process. Yeah, let me start with this. Um, one of the greatest things about my friend Richie McKay is the fact that he is not one of those, oh, wow, I get that. I've got that. Okay, I'm good now, guys. He is not that at all. To coach at the level that he coaches at and to have the success that he has had at the level that he is at, what people need to realize about him is that he himself is so coachable. Mm. And he has remained coachable and he is just strives. He's just strives to, uh, to unpack more and more truth. And he's taught me so much about, we used to, we used to kick around that, like the truth transforms, truth transforms. We know that the word of God is truth and it's uh, the word of God is the only thing to change you. And the, but you know, it's really the trusted truth. The word trusted has been, has really been introduced to us in a new way. Uh, through the uh, the true face, the teachings and all, but that trusted truth transforms is really where it's all. Because until you really do trust that truth, it really doesn't do a lot of transforming in your life. And I have watched Richie live this out over. You know, I I, I was just sitting here thinking back, listening to this story that I've probably heard, I don't know, twenty, thirty times before about his journey at New Mexico and how he ended up on the doorstep of Liberty University. And it just really hit me that the fact that, you know, when he got here, I really thought that he was okay. You know what I mean by that? That all was well because he was a professional. Uh, he presented himself well, but really just, I, I hear it, I hear it in a, in a different way now that, he was in the same process that I was at in my life of dealing with certain issues of shame. And we had, and we had dealt with them in different ways and the shame came from different avenues, but we, we had dealt with them in different ways, but we were still dealing with that underlying, uh, this, that shame. And that really, I heard it kind of differently or maybe for the first time of where he was truly at as a man when he came here mm. and that's just testament to now to who i knew to who i know he who he is today of the growth that has come in his life and and all of that really stems from him remaining open and remaining coachable gosh so i'm, I'm this might be a right turn a little bit but uh, just 
processing, um, you're describing the act of humility, which is, you, you know, what Richie is and emulates and, and in that coachability piece. And it's interesting because in the church kind of faith-based world, there's almost sometimes a rap of, well, grace and like humility is more passive and um, not as proactive. And, and Richie's a beautiful example uh, in this story because I heard uh, Richie talking about, you know, his predisposition to perform and to excel and to to kill it. Um, and then that shifted. Uh, the driver shifted, but Richie didn't shift. Um, the driver for external affirmation for all the performance shifted in the transformation, but that didn't mean our friend has become more passive or not doing it as much, if not more, with his gifts and talents that, and opportunities that, that God has given him. But it shifted to you, you said he was striving, he has been striving to for internal growth and for living into truths and humility. And so shifting from a striving per, for, for performance and worldly success to that wiring that God's given him to strive mm -hmm. in, in a healthy humility mm -hmm. is just a beautiful example of how transformation looks in men that they don't change, but it, it just shifts from external in, to internal, which is humility and action. And man, I've, I've watched that in our group with him, what you just articulated and put words to, um, which is just awesome. Yeah. yeah. Steadfastly for the steadfastly for the last 14 years, that has been, you know, just a, a phenomenal example to me. You, you guys, we try to unpack and um, make it, you know, principles that we learn through these, um, these stories shared on this podcast, practical and personal, and you guys are modeling it that we don't even have to talk about it. That's, that's what's so fun about having you guys on here because you get to model how we do this in your relationship and your friendship. And you guys just did that in a beautiful way. It was really fun. You know what? And I think that's why Richie and I, or how Richie and I took to the true faced uh, teachings and, and the higher leadership uh, course that we took. Uh, why we took to it so naturally mm -hmm. is that this is just the, what we, this is what we had been doing uh, yeah. for, for years anyway. Yep. Richie calls it doing life together. He was one of the first ones that coined that in my life as far as doing life together. So, Yeah, Robbie, I, I'd also add, and I'm blessed by Ray Ray's words, and uh, I think you unpacked it really well. I, I think that word striving was something that I had done all of my life in every, um, in every venture that uh, I embarked uh, in. Yet, I think the better word in where I am now in this uh, this process is the pursuit, mm. and, and it really mm. that pursuit of knowing what God's word says about me and then living out of that. I think that's what has taken out the indictment of shame or the indictment of of not measuring up. And Bill Thrall, he he uses this word that I think all of us could benefit from. I know I have when we're in that process or in that pursuit, and maybe it doesn't go the way we want it to, or maybe we, we, we sin again, or we, uh, we, we're not, we're not evolving, uh, at the rate that we 
have expected ourselves to think of ourselves as learners. And I just think when, when we think of ourselves as learners and understand that we're constantly uh, in that pursuit of godliness and knowing what his word says about us and living out of it, I, I just think there's a freedom in that. There's a grace in that that shifts your, your journey from the path of pleasing to the path of trusting. And as you well know, on that path, there's, there's life, there's joy, there's peace. Uh, and, and I think there's, there's maturity that also exists on that path. If you can, if you can continue to, to be of that mindset. Come on. Y'all, this is so much fun. I can't wait to, we're, we're about to shift into part two. Uh, before we do, I want to, I want to ask a couple questions, um, to Richie and also Richie, I, it, I, if Liberty tanks and if you lose your touch, um, there could be some silver lining. First of all, you your security is an identity is shifted, so you won't have to go through the Mexico State thing. And second, you could come join me and work at Trueface because you just <laughs> said that stuff so stinking well. So don't worry, that's your backup offer in case you hey, thanks, face Rob. another downturn. That would be awesome. hopefully it's down the road, Robert. Hopefully it's down the road. <laughs> eh, not for me. Hopefully sooner than later. But uh, all right, question, Richie. Uh, what's life? Wow. <laughs> Hey, it's all in love, baby. Tell the truth. Come on. Uh, All right, two questions. What's life giving to you lately? And what's something you're learning from? It could be a lesson. It could be a book or a teaching, whatever. Yeah, life giving. Honestly, Robbie, you know this. We talked a little bit off air. I think Ray Ray would uh, attest to this. I just think God allowed this pandemic for our benefit. Like. I don't usually slow down to this degree because I'm constantly trying to get better. And uh, we have all of our kids at home. My daughter, Ellie, works in New York and uh, she works at uh, 30 Rock and she's at home. And uh, my two sons, one's off in college, the other goes to Liberty. They're, they're, they're both back in the house. And we, we've had these family devotions that my wife wanted to do. And man, they, it's just fun to sit around the table and to eat together, to talk together. Like it, it, we played games the other night, we're watching movies. It, that, like that has been, it's filled my tank uh, to a degree that I've just thought, man, I wish we could do this more. So that's been life giving to me. And then uh, I, I think uh, there's, a, there's a, a book by Jimmy Dykes that I'm going through now um, and the title of it escapes me. It, uh, it's uh, the film doesn't lie, which is Jimmy Dykes is an ESPN broadcaster, former coach, phenomenal man of God. He's uh, he's done this book that uh, has written this book that is really I've enjoyed reading. But I'm also a part of uh, another little cohort of coaches, uh, a couple of them that Eric Nelson, a good friend of ours, uh, has uh, has initiated, and it's just really is really fun to be able to, to do life with uh, people that are in the profession that they know what this grind is like. Yeah. They know the burden of expectation that is on us and the constant demand of our time. And it's just kind of nice to have that shared experience with uh, some other coaches. So uh, that's kind of what's, what's the, the latest in, uh, in my life. And uh, again, Robbie, and I, I say this with all sincerity, man, I, the the joy that I've had in getting to know you over the years, uh, you know, you you don't look the part. When I first met you, I thought 
you were a little bit like Ray Ray, kind of, you know, just this nerdy guy that uh, probably came from the country. Uh, you and Ray Ray are like in your your commitment to really, really pursuing a, an authentic relationship with Jesus. And, uh, and I see it in the way uh, you connect with others and the way uh, you and Ray Ray, the humility that you're laced with, and it's really inspiring. So I thank you for your ownership in that and uh, the leading of uh, this, this ministry, because I think the more people touch it, the more people come in contact with it, the more lives are going to be changed. Hey, it did to you and I, man. And and how we steward this to help more people experience this stuff we're talking about is definitely uh, is is a humbling, exciting thing to steward. And uh, I, I want to let you know, Richie, I've been um, wearing out basketball with Moses and Zane lately during this pandemic. And I'm at, they're nine and I'm actually having to like legit try now. He's a better shooter than me. His like layups, he like found that like natural rhythm. It's it's pretty legit, man. It's uh he's got some skills. And his dreads are growing out longer. Now they're like below his ear. So he's like, he's full on like the part, man. He is living yeah. into this basketball dream. And as a soccer dad, this is like all new territory. You've been encouraging to me, but I don't know, man. I'm loving some basketball lately. First time ever. <laughs> It's not a bad sport. It's pretty good. Uh, it's not soccer, but hey, we'll talk about that next one. So you guys like this podcast, subscribe to it, share it with your friends. Thanks for joining us. And we're going to continue on to the next podcast where we're going to continue this conversation with Richie and Scott, but you're going to have to wait two weeks to tune into it. So we'll pause for you and we're going to keep going and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks, y'all. Bye.